0: This time on Cult Following, the one true podcast. It's The Boat Place, starring Ted Danson.
1: That's exactly what this is.
0: <laughs> is Ted Danson on the boat?
1: Yes. And that is the one thing I'm willing to commit to, is that we got Ted Danson. Ted Danson's already spent his year on the boat and just drops in as he needs to via the power of time travel. Which era Ted Danson? Ooh.
2: Cheers, Ted Danson. Modern Ted Danson. See, that's the thing Because there's about, time travel. That's why that's I'm asking. That's the thing about time
1: travel. Can is, I have CSI Ted Danson? That's the one we can't get. <sighs> Uh, but we got cheers there at Ted and He'll come behind the bar on the boat and just do a little stint there. Everyone will know my name on the boat.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey everybody, Trevor here. Have you ever thought that the world was just broken and wondered, well, if I were in charge, what would I change? Free hugs for everyone? Mind control lasers? Using time travel to banish my enemies to the future? well then, this podcast might just be for you. Briefly, Cult Following the One True Game is a storytelling party card game where cultists take ideas from cards and weave them together into a cult pitch in an attempt to recruit their friends. Those friends then get to ask questions to figure out which cult they want to join. And again, just to make it perfectly clear, everything you're about to hear on this podcast is make-believe. We don't actually believe these things, and we don't think you should either. Please don't go out and do anything our cultists are about to tell you no matter how convincing they might be. And please don't send your enemies through time, even if it is a convenient means of disposing of their bodies. All right, here we go. Time for another round of Cult Following.
2: I'm a regular guy. And I'm the kind of guy, to paraphrase Hannibal Burris. I don't like to take the top newspaper off the rack. I don't like to take the top tray when I'm in the cafeteria. He's got people coughing on it. And so... I don't see why people are so angry about my proposal to kill all firstborn children. (laughs) See, you'd never get it right the first time. We heap children with praise and adoration, but I think children have it too good these days. And we need to just kill the first ones, and then the rest of them will know their place. So. You're first now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not saying you have to agree with me, I'm just saying let's teach the controversy.
0: Um, well, as a firstborn, let me talk about something different. <laughs> Garden gnomes. Lawn decoration or public menace? Garden gnomes have invaded our civilization for many, many decades, watching over our homes. Are they good? Are they evil? Are they lawful? Are they chaotic? We feel that the garden gnomes are an unknown force, and we need to reach out to them to determine their true intentions. And we realized that there is one realm of study that has been investigating gnomes for many, many decades now, and this is the world of Dungeons and Dragons. We would like to use the power of magic, and making it up as we go along to investigate these gnomes. We're going to go off and put on a wizard robe and hat and sit in the garden and roll D20s until the gnomes come and play with us. And then we find out if they enjoy the power of good storytelling or if they're just jerks and they want to be murder hobos. Come join with us as we sit in the garden with a number of gnomes and play Dungeons & Dragons.
1: All right, so like... Saturday for
0: me. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, when 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 Karen doesn't show up, you just put a gnome in the seat and it just roll for them, and maybe once in a while they'll roll too. Has uh, anyone ever
3: seen? I have a question for both of you. It both of your cults sound great, but I've heard uh, other people talking in the back rooms. Uh, so why do people wrongly assume that your cult is dangerous?
2: I honestly, I don't know. I mean... It's hard you, to believe. You know, people are okay with killing mice or killing bugs or, you know... I love doing those things. Exactly. Who doesn't? But when it's a firstborn child, suddenly they get all squeamish about it. It's, it's like... We don't know if it's a firstborn mouse. I, that might change things. Fair enough. But like, people are okay with killing firstborn mice. Why not a firstborn child? Uh, so, uh,
0: I play an 8th level Eladrin, uh, multi-classed, <laughs> uh, ranger and rogue, and we kind of have this That's Robin... P. That's too OP. Hey, our campaign, our system, so we kind of have this Robin Hood go- vibe going on, so we often will go into the malls and take from the rich and give to the poor, and then run away really quickly. I mean, our speed, we've, we've min-maxed our characters, so our speeds are 40, so, um... We often go into the mall and take things and give them away to poor people who are, who, who need the goods that are in there. And uh, we've invited the gnomes together on our adventures. But uh, last time, uh, all we had to um, uh, all the gnomes were good for was uh, projectile weapons. We sort of threw gnomes, gnomes at people so that we could uh, escape.
3: What uh, character classes do the gnomes usually play?
0: What a niche question. <laughs>
1: oh my god like I know we were, we, were, we were really aiming high for a cult following podcast but we've surpassed my expectations of the incredibly thread the needle questions that only our target audience will care about
0: but please Trevor answer the question the, the answer to the question is monk do you know these monks who sit up on a mountain with perfect stillness for decades on end waiting for enlightenment maybe that's what the gnomes are doing Maybe they are looking for enlightenment in your garden, watching the sun rise, the sunset, their skin not moving, a molecule, barely seeing the weathering of time. Maybe occasionally having a dog come by and pee on them and making having no reaction whatsoever. Maybe they're true neutral. I never considered that before.
2: You can't have a firstborn child if you live a life of celibacy.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just trying to get away from all because gnomes are all... All firstborn.
3: In a rare move, I'm giving this one to Trevor.
0: Well, since
1: uh, uh, Trevor, uh, you won the last question, I'm going to direct my question to you first and then moving over to Ben. Uh... Uh, what does your cult offer new members as a signing bonus?
0: Uh, we get to, you get to start at level 2. To be fair, D&D 5th edition is a little unbalanced. It's very hard to start as a first level character without dying. And it's hard to make that raid on the mall if you're going to get caught. So we, we, we OP you a little bit, send you straight to second level. And uh, you also get your own gnome uh, in your home or your garden, wherever you wish to place the gnome, where you feel you can communicate with it best. And then you have a gnome journal. You have a diary you have to keep every day with the, you spend time with the gnome and figure out what it's trying to say to you. You piqued my interest with gnome journal.
1: (laughs) Um, That's not something I I thought I needed in my life. I have a gnome at home, uh, and I have several uh, scrolls and journals, but I've never thought of combining the two.
0: Have you thought of reading the scrolls to see if they have magic? (laughs) You're a wizard, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that copyright? Uh, (laughs) it's a series of words said in a gravelly voice.
1: Uh, Ben, before I I fantasize too much about my magic gnome scrolls, uh, please, uh, what what
2: does your cult offer new members as a signing bonus? As a signing bonus, not only will we kill your firstborn, but we'll taxidermy them into something (laughs) you can keep in your living room for all to see.
3: Perhaps in the garden.
2: Perhaps in the garden. And so, um, this just to elaborate on this further, how
1: are you retroactively dealing with multiple firstborns? So say uh, I am a firstborn and my mother is a firstborn and so on. Uh, what's the order here? Just so I, do I get to appreciate the taxidermy or am I the taxidermy that my mother will end up hosting in her living room?
2: Cause this it, could sway the question for me. It depends who joins the cult first.
3: Oh. Make a move, Nathan.
2: It's her or you.
1: That's... Frequently true, yes, but (laughs) I I have to say I'm more tempted by uh, Trevor's idea, but uh, nothing that he said isn't something that I sadly already uh, don't own, uh, whereas I don't have a taxidermied mother. (laughs) Uh, And So based on uh, sheer additional... Oh, you've got (laughs) to get one. You've got to get one. no. Based on sheer additional value alone, I'm going to have to give this one to Ben because he offered me something I don't currently have. Uh, I probably would have given this to Trevor though if he'd offered me a really nice dice,
0: uh, but we've we've moved past this, so I'm gonna have to give this one to Ben. All right. No, I can see. I can just imagine Nathan's mother listening to this podcast. Nathan, what are you listening to? Uh,
1: as as someone uh, who is definitely on uh, the dwarfer side of, of things, uh, as a, as a very short woman, uh, I I you know
3: I could have a taxidermy dwarf. Hmm. Ooh. That would be a great Dungeons and Dragons prop. Right? Just have in the corner. You know, for some actual really
1: bent cult <laughs> and then go to Trapper's d group. Mallow Robin Hood.
0: No one ever, no one ever puts that in like, what is you're in the evil castle. How do you show that they're evil? There's a taxidermy dwarf in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's just with a, with a note that says, this will happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> this was once a mother. <laughs>
3: oh. oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm going to give this one to to Ben. Cool.
3: All right, a tiebreaker question. Who do you think will ultimately betray your cult?
0: We've become aware through our questing of a great secret. You see, all gnomes are made in a factory. And that in that factory, when you make a gnome, you need to have a mold. And the mold is from the first gnome. We think that there is a conspiracy going on of self-hatred where the first gnome has decided to create this alternate group, instead of understanding the gnomes, of destroying them all. And in fact, is at the head of Ben's group, the first gnome that was ever made, which all the copies thereof made afterward, is trying to destroy us all.
2: I have a name, Trevor.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
3: wouldn't it be cool if if santa's elves made all the gnomes no
1: (laughs) (laughs) just gonna throw that one up there right away no (laughs) Uh, i i I, know what i feel like i should elaborate on that but i'm just gonna stick with a hard no that'd be
0: awful He's just making the gnome, and then they put them down in the line next to them, and then they start making more of them. It's like like the gray goo of
2: Santa. Tim Allen's there for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) So, fine, the secret's out. So, yeah, I'm a gnome. (laughs) What up? And what I'm trying to do... Yes, I am trying to kill every firstborn, because... The first gnome I created, screwed up, turned into that Grey Goose scenario. I'm just trying to lower the population, get things right when we create life. Kill the first one.
3: That's a, that's in terms of, weird.
2: to answer your question about betrayal. <laughs> I, think, I think we've
0: established that gnomes put into gardens are in fact a warning set out for others.
2: You know, we've been at this for thousands of years... Um, there was this uh, time in Egypt, you know, we tried doing this, uh, you know, killing every firstborn and it just, uh, did not turn out well for us.
1: If I recall.
2: (laughs) Well, what do you know about this?
1: Um, (laughs) As someone who was there after an extensive period of time on a boat, uh, if I recall, uh, the people who, uh, were on, I don't want to say like team death to the firstborn, Mm-hmm. Uh, but those who were on the not dead firstborns mm-hmm. um, ended up escaping slavery, so I would say it worked pretty well for them. What an incredible backstory! Oh, sure, it worked. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Prince of Egypt.
2: <laughs> See, I'm going down a really bad path here. But yeah, that that's that. This is exactly the betrayal I'm expecting. Yeah, oh. Judas, oh, oh, no. Oh,
3: oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Er, there's saying. virtually nothing that Trevor can say that will top that and prevent me from giving this to... to uh, Not I without being cut from a podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Jewish people used this tactic and life was forever easy for them.
3: <sighs> Let my gnomes go. <laughs> I, I believe I'm giving this one to Ben. Ben. For for no Moses,
2: <laughs> oh.
1: and so please, uh, Ben, let us know how how does Trevor's uh, cult
2: go down? All right, your cult of Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I'm sorry, because you just
3: <laughs> <laughs> level eight Aladren,
0: half Aladren, half elf, rogue, multi class. I hate you right
2: now. <laughs> I, too, love picking words out of the dictionary. Uh, so, your cult of nerds...
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm owning... To... That's our word.
2: Uh, the gnomes, you know, the, the, the Chad gnomes take over from the, the, the nerds <laughs> and populate the world with gnomes, while you run away and hide like the cowards you are.
3: Whoa cut deep there, right at the what? end. Way to go, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, Chad.
1: <laughs> My personal headcanon for this is that Trevor and Tom created this game as their own cult to finally have a game they could win at. Uh, <laughs> and yet again... <laughs> have failed miserably and have watched their own cult get destroyed repeatedly in front of them and this cult following is just a vicious cycle in which they're caught up in. So I'd like to propose for the next round that the two creators face off so that one of them can get a W.
0: Now I I need to to counter what Nathan is saying here and that is that really it's the other way around where really the both of us just have very low (laughs) (laughs) self-esteem and we enjoy meeting with other people who can diminish us as, as human beings. So it's good to know that as a firstborn, my death will be eventual and at the hand of gnomes, which is, I mean, honestly, if there's a way for a nerd to go, I, I'm, I'm down with that. When, so.
1: when you said that you were, gonna, when you were gonna flip the script on me, I thought you were gonna be like, it's actually that Tom and I just win games so much. So we had to build one that we would be beat at. But no, you're like, actually, we're just so pathetic. That things are way worse than you ever anticipated for us.
0: Actually, I feel like segueing into card talk here. Um, <laughs> when we actually are explaining the games to other people, I want to convey how ridiculous and stupid it is. And uh, I'll often pitch cults, organizations, groups that are so bad that one, the person playing against me is going to win because people like winning, but also they're going to enjoy themselves. And and at the core, it's a game where you can have fun and lose miserably at the same time. And that's one of the things I enjoy about it. It's a life lesson I wish to take away
3: <laughs> this game. <laughs> what a great selling point. We have... We have Nathan with us, and when we're pitching, Trevor often quotes Nathan when describing what he's just described. It says, I, Our friend Nathan says, doesn't matter if it's good, you just deliver it with conviction, and people will believe it.
1: I have had some terrible cults uh, throughout playtesting this and just playing it as, as someone who uh, owns the game. Uh, and there are many situations where I have no business winning, but I so firmly believe that the tenements of my cult are the only things that could ever possibly exist uh, that I just drown out uh, legitimately good ideas, Um, which is alarming for me uh, in my regular life. (laughs) It's it's
0: a life lesson, honestly. Like there's these perfectly valid ideas being spoken by someone and someone saying something so outrageous that they're gonna go with that instead.
1: This cult has only just reinforced the idea to me that I know internally and always fail to do um, that for my own betterment, I need to shut up more. <laughs>
0: a life lesson Benny could take away. <laughs> but yeah, let's do card talk. Sure. All right. Uh, let's pick a card that we... Uh... If I if I could bring up a card specifically,
1: it's a card that I've seen played in like a Hall of Fame worthy-esque manner and that someone flipped the card so much I was blown away by their ingenuity. The person who I played this with was Chris Brown, who uh, hopefully will one day appear on the podcast Is not here with us today. Um the card is the gigantic man eating earthworms. And the reason I bring this up is because Chris noticed uh, a very uh, acute uh, hyphen missing between man and eating. But uh, on the card it says the gigantic man eating earthworms. And I think that's such a great idea. I, could, I, I don't even need two other cards about that. Just There's a gigantic man out there and he's eating earthworms. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like guys, if you're loud enough, you could sell that idea to people. What's he want? Probably earthworms, but maybe more things we don't know yet. Will he graduate from earthworms? How did he get so gigantic?
0: There's a lot going on here. So I, I kind of want to segue from that into something that's been said to us sometimes, like, you know, if you put art on your cards, it would sell a lot better. And first of all, neither of us are artists, nor do we have the money to properly pay artists to put art on cards. But on top of that, a lot of our cards have double, triple, quadruple meanings, and to put art onto a card really con- like it conveys only one of those meanings. And the whole point of what we've been doing with our cards is trying to have it has a- have as many meanings as possible, so you can take it in any way you wish.
1: Which is why all my card prompt suggestions were always edited. Uh, as someone who is a frequent submitter of cards, I think that like peak humor is something so unnecessarily descriptive and full of out of place adjectives uh, that when I see a lengthy card that made it through, I'm like, that idea was at one point mine, but it's been edited <laughs> into a more user friendly version of this without the need for a, c- a specific number of moons in the sky or this and that. Uh, so I appreciate that you've made it more user friendly, but I miss sometimes the incredible nichety
0: of some cards. There are a few cards, in fact, I'm going to invite Tom to talk about this card in a moment. We've tried very, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. Uh, We've tried very hard to reduce our cards down to have those multiple meanings and aren't very kind of niche specific. But there's been a few cards that are so dear to us uh, that they had to stay. And one of them was actually before this game existed, Tom and I were playing a game of Super Fight and... I'll let you tell the story, you tell it much better than I do.
3: Oh yes, we had, uh, uh, in our games of Super Fight, uh, some of the cards are, uh, pick a cartoon character, uh, pick a fictional character, and people would always always pick Iron Man, and Iron Man was undefeatable in any situation. We had Iron Man came up, and then the additional cards were like rockets and lasers and a hundred feet tall or something. So Iron Man ran the table. No one could defeat Iron Man until he encountered the cactus with a nice hat and a large Twitter following <laughs> that finally defeated Iron Man. And that went straight into the deck as a, a card, a cactus with a large Twitter following.
0: The, the logic
3: behind that being is that
0: the the cactus was so popular that Tony Stark couldn't take it anymore. It as he broke down inside that there was this plant out there that was more popular than him,
1: I'm crushed by by hearing this story and realizing that you left out the nice hat because I think that a really cool hat can do wonders for humor and just you just a vague hat just what hat is it I don't know but it's so there is cool. a hats
3: card there is a hats card that I fought for, uh, and it it's uh, for me it's a reference to uh, Monty Python in the Meaning of Life in there's a sketch, and it's. Uh, there's a, a business conference and uh, a guy said, "Hats," and uh, then it went on and, and he said something very philosophical. And then you know, the other guy says, "What was that part about hats?" "Oh, uh, people are not wearing enough of them." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I loved hats as a punchline. Just hats. Hats are fun.
0: Tom and I've had to go back and forth. Sometimes we we have a very a complicated card rating system where uh, we go through and figure out which ones are actually good. We could ex- go through an extensive testing process, and there's always that sort of uh, the, the cards that are, in there, that are in there that are left over are still quite good, but we have to make calls as to what it is we happen to like. So uh, Tom and I will fight back and forth, and I say, "Okay, I give in. You can have your hats." I, I don't get hats. it. Um, hats, hats, <laughs> hats, 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 <laughs> hats. The other card that's like that I believe is the why doesn't my cat like your cult? I never understood. I still to this day, if this game is three years old, I still to this day do not understand what that card is about. I've had it played against me and I keep losing all the time and I just don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> is it the cat aspect you're confused about? I, it just Do it's, you not get cats? It is a nonsensical question.
3: I, I don't. I fought for that card. I. I in the early days, we had about 10 different questions that were, why do teenagers like your cults? Why do old people not like your cults? Because they, they don't like anything. And Question they, solved. They all, they all died, but I, I hung on to that one card. Why does my cat not like your cult? And, and Trevor always hated it. And then at one of our first conventions, we went to a furry convention. And uh, there was a guy and his uh, girlfriend uh, was a cat. And so it was the perfect question for him to ask of Trevor, I think. Why doesn't my cat, who is sitting right beside me, not like your cult? Vindication. (laughs) (laughs) Niche vindication. (laughs) Um. Exactly. All right, I've got something to say. You know, life is hard. Getting along with other people is hard. Sometimes you meet someone and they're fine, and then it develops into kind of a toxic relationship. You can't seem to get along. You're fighting all the time. You're saying mean things to each other. So our organization has something to to help with this. And it's, uh, it's at youth camps or what we like to call camps for kids Mm -hmm. uh, that are going to help you with your relationship that is uh, we develop a herd uh, of kids or goats at this camp and every household gets a goat we train them that whenever there's hostility or negativity in a relationship the goat butts you and uh, prevents you. It, it's some positive feedback about what you're saying, and that you should rethink what you're saying. So our organization is about building healthy, strong relationships with between people by giving a goat to every household. Do I have to do yoga? <laughs> goat yoga is one aspect that the goat jumps on your back. Oof. All right, uh, but it doesn't have to be. Oh, These are all right. Re- Like your partner can do yoga. There doesn't have to be any yoga. This is a roller coaster
1: of goat emotions. There's
3: there's (laughs) an option for goatless yoga and an option for yogaless goat. I mean, honestly, Nathan, it's not
0: bad. That's the Venn diagram of life (laughs) goatless yoga, yogaless goat, yoga and goats. No other options. (laughs) Uh, All right, Trevor, what you got for us? Well, it's 2019, and to be fair, The last two years have been pretty rough for planet Earth. You have my full attention. (laughs) (laughs) We are living in an era of sociopathic leaders. We thought that we had shed this many decades ago. Uh, This is an illusion. We have determined that humans are very
3: predictable creatures. Exactly. You know what the Oval Office needs? More goats. (laughs) So in this time of trouble, we have to
0: understand the human condition. And that is, is that people will believe anything. Tell me more. (laughs) I will, Nathan. (laughs) Listen to this. So we have to just accept that people, when told to believe something, when something is true, they're just going to follow along with the most sociopathic, charismatic person. It doesn't matter what the facts are. And so what we have decided to do is change the entire political system so that all of our leaders in the future will be professional wrestlers. So we're gonna start in 2020 with a new Democratic lineup. We're gonna have Dwayne The Rock Johnson for Democratic president, and uh, he he will start cooking up a cabinet. Uh, we're looking at maybe like uh, Daniel Bryan for VP choice and.
3: I can smell what The Rock is cooking. Mmm. You know what he's cooking? <laughs> Victory 2020.
0: <laughs> this might
1: be the most appealing cult I think you've ever created <laughs> for me specifically.
0: So so what I'm saying here is not just not just the leaders. We need to embrace the entire ethos of wrestling in our political system, so you take away the house with all its chairs, and you put in a ring with an announcer. So instead of having the uh, the the speaker for the house, you have someone with a with a giant microphone standing in the ring, announcing different people as they come in. If you have an issue you need to settle, you don't you don't vote. You fight it out in the ring, and both sides are there cheering and booing. And there are chairs for when it's appropriate. Uh, it's all going to work. It's all going to be scripted. And it's all going to make the people either feel really great that they're victorious or feel like they're vindicated that they have lost, but they were cheated, deliberately cheated. Yeah, you
1: can really rally (laughs) around a known heel.
0: Yes, exactly. Right. I mean, and then there could be a heel turn and they could actually you could like the concept that a, a bad president could actually do a heel turn and turn good. I think this is something we need to embrace as a nation. And so I think we want to
3: replace all, every politician with professional wrestlers. This is the exact wrong direction to go. We need just gentle guidance, an occasional, but to get us back on the straight and narrow. We don't need this toxic masculinity, these wrestlers who treat people badly, solve things by hitting each other. That's It's so wrong.
0: Tom, I want to accommodate you. We're going to have a side match where Doink the Clown is going to wrestle a goat.
1: (laughs) I want front row (laughs) seats. (laughs) I have $200 on the goats.
0: Yes, and this is how we're going to build the revenue to rebuild
3: this country. Uh, at this point, whenever the wrestlers come up, I realize that all my wrestling references are 30 years old at least.
0: Mine are as well, so
2: this is going to be great.
3: <laughs> okay. Hacksaw Jim Duggan
2: 2020. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't know any wrestling references at all. You'll learn, Ben. You'll learn. The audience
3: yeah. is fairly
0: divided. Civics uh, class in high school is going to be very different.
2: My first question, let's start with Tom. What should I bring to my first cult meeting?
3: Well, you're gonna want some padding. Uh, the first one can be pretty rough until you learn the system. Like you'll start talking, and the goat will crash into you, and what, what? And goats don't know how to talk or explain the subtleties. They're very insightful creatures, but they don't understand the subtleties, or they 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 don't have the language to really clear up what you're doing wrong. So. Uh, you're going to take a, a a number of hits before you kind of
2: get it. So like as far as being in a, like a toxic relationship goes, if I'm doing something really subtle, like withholding information in a passive-aggressive yes, manner, exactly. then the goat's going to hit me and I'm not going to exactly know exactly what I'm doing. Exactly. In answer to what should I bring to my first cult meeting, like a padded suit. Exactly. All right. Trevor, what should I bring to my first cult meeting? It's
0: very simple, Ben. What you need to bring is a wedge issue, that one issue that you're going to push, and fighting spirit. If you come, you will push that one wedge issue over and over again to the crowd, whether it be like liberation
2: for Iran or like that... Uh, what if I want liberation for a ram? Like I, oh. I want to...
3: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> All right. Well,
0: <laughs> ignore my great idea for your witty pundit. All right, feel free to goat-splain this one to me. <laughs> you just have to find that issue and fight for it with all of your heart. We'll give you a mask that will hide who you are and your goat tendencies, and then you can, you can learn to fight it on the ring. You'll lose many battles.
2: here, weird goat ways. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of sounds like I'm getting beaten up either way. Um, but at least at least with Tom's I'm getting a padded suit and it's sort of in the in the goal of making me a better person so I'm going to go with Tom yeah. Um, just in the just because
1: I'm curious uh, the reason I'm joining cults is because I'm uh, terrified of death uh,
0: what happens to you after you die you live on forever in the hall of fame oh damn <laughs> We oh, have damn. we have giant <laughs> so so many things happen here. So you live on in the you're you're inducted to the Hall of Fame posthumously, right? You're put on a giant billboard, and an entire arena of seventy thousand people will cheer and chant your name. And then your your life's works are put on television on the special cable channel twenty four seven, and they get to learn about your life forever. So your name will be in the annals. Of history. Wrestling political history.
1: Dom, this has got to be real good. (laughs) Because I'm really sold here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nathan, our cult is more about what you do in life. Don't be afraid of life. You can be afraid of death, but, but don't be afraid of life. Find someone that you can really be with and create a loving relationship. But after you die, we bury you on that hill over there where the grass is always greener, over there. And your body will nourish generations of, of goats that will carry on this tradition. Love is overrated. <laughs> Take me to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> this one's going to Trevor. Ding, ding.
2: <laughs> so we need a tiebreaker question. We need a tiebreaker. Okay. What are your cult's plans for future expansion?
3: Well, uh, we are thinking of moving into
2: sheep. (laughs) Who isn't?
0: (laughs) Uh, We're thinking about expanding into Europe, as we've tried many times before. Uh, We found that when politicians try to expand into Europe, there can be problems, but we're working on that. Historically,
1: invading Russia has always been a great idea. <laughs> it's the Russian invasion.
3: <laughs> we're we're uh, thinking towards the uh, southern hemisphere ourselves into uh, New Zealand, Australia. and That's what the sheep are about.
2: Okay. I was thinking more like Peru, like alpacas. Sure.
3: All right.
1: Whatever it takes to get me the
2: win. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with Trevor on this one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So all right. Now tell I us need- how
0: you're going to suplex the goats. I am. So, so we need to pick a new capital. After the last capital was destroyed in a horrifying wrestling accident, it was a massive turn to the plot lines. So what Was we're it gonna- a, a battle royale? It was. It wow. was a battle royale for the government, winner takes all. But because the plot must go on, we must move onward. You know that nice green hill, the one on the other side? That they were going to bury the people on? Yes, I we're, know going to, well. we're going to bulldoze it and we're going to build a new stadium, an epic stadium. Where all of our battles will fit two hundred thousand people. Government and politics will never be more popular as we see the people chanting and screaming for their leaders, fighting it out at last.
2: Will there be free bread with these circuses?
0: <laughs> no, the bread will cost nineteen ninety nine. oh you know your precious hill we're gonna take that too (laughs) I hate hills this is the hill you're gonna die on (laughs) (laughs) that's it for today we hope you've had fun listening to our show this podcast is frankly a bit of an experiment we might just make one or two but if it's wildly popular we might try to release them on a regular basis if you've liked what you heard tell a friend give us a rating or leave us a comment we'd love to hear from you Today's guest cultists were Ben Buckley and Nathan Ross. Cult Following was created by Tom Boslaw and Trevor Bradley. If you'd like to get in touch with us or learn more about Cult Following, come visit our website at cultfollowinggame.com. Our theme song is Gallows Hill by Josh Woodward. You can check out more of his music at joshwoodward.com. Cult Following is recorded at Vancouver Public Library's Inspiration Lab. Thanks for joining us. And remember, don't believe everything people tell you.
1: Uh, I am five years old, Uh, my little sister is two uh, and we are at Niagara Falls with my folks. And uh, we go and see like a a petting zoo and we go in and my folks push my uh, sister's stroller in including a very large diaper bag at the back of the stroller. And a goat from the petting zoo became fascinated with these diapers and grabs all of them. Uh, in its mouth and runs off Uh, and my mother gets startled and she starts chasing after it uh, with the stroller so it upsets my sister so she starts crying and I freak out as a five-year-old be like I guess get the goat everything's fine and so my family is comically like Scooby-Doo chasing this goat with a mouthful of diapers uh, with my sister wailing in her stroller and all there's my father my mother uh, and I uh, are all comically chasing zigzag through the petting hood. We were asked to leave
3: uh, <laughs> quite soon after we got the diapers back.